understanding where you can kind of draw the line and have somebody else jump in and and do a particular part of delivering the service, it can be really difficult to to make that distinction. You know, it's I think it's very very difficult until you're extremely clear about how you do things and your process. I think it's very difficult to you know to be able to delegate. And if you don't clearly understand something, you can't delegate it. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO Podcast is sponsored by our referrable book program, where we'll create a great lead generating book for you. If you've always wanted to write a book for your business, but never managed to get it done, let us do it for you. To find out if this is a fit for you, schedule a quick 20 minute intro call with me at unstoppableceo.net. Click the book a call button. Now on to the episode. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And today, we're going to continue this series uh, where we've been talking about uh, this kind of new, I guess, operating mantra that um, I, I began taking on in January. And it's eight short words, the less I do, the more I make. And this is really about freeing up my time while at the same time growing the business, you know, and creating a great result there. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about systems and people. Um, because if you're going to free yourself up, you're going to have to deal with systems and you're going to have to deal with people. And I know there's a big trend these days, you know, for folks that want to create a solo business. And that's great if that's what you want to do. But understand that there's only a certain amount of, of time freedom that you can create for yourself there in most cases, uh, because you know, there are a lot of things that are required to, to run a business and, and to deliver a product, deliver a service, you know, to really grow that. At some point, you've got to create teamwork if you're going to free yourself up. And I actually think to not only to create that freedom for yourself, but also to create increasingly good results for your clients and your customers, you need that teamwork as well because that teamwork brings in creativity. And so I think that's a really key component to it. So we're going to talk a little bit about how I've been approaching that here over the last couple of months and just give you some, you know, hopefully some ideas that'll help you think through how to do the same if that's something that you're trying to do. So I want to start with this really nasty word in business, the D word, delegation. And I really think that uh, delegation is almost the root of all evil in business because we're told as entrepreneurs that we need to delegate. And um, it's sort of you know pounded into us that we should be doing this. But uh, it's a difficult thing to do. And I think uh, you know one of the things that we get caught up in is really not being set up to delegate a particular you know, piece of work. And as I've been thinking about that and sort of observing myself over the last couple of months, because I've been trying to delegate a lot of stuff um, that I had been doing that I probably shouldn't have been doing, that I wasn't the best person to do, there are a couple of layers to this. And the, the first is really to, to be able to understand what to delegate. Um, there are certain things that you probably should get off your plate because they annoy you or you're not the best person to do them. Um, there are other things that you absolutely should be the one to do. And so really discerning the difference between the two, I think is actually fairly difficult. I mean, there are some obvious things, you know, like I got bookkeeping off my plate several years ago. 
I wasn't good at it. Um, wasn't a good use of my time. I hired a, you know, a, a bookkeeper to take care of that. And it's been fantastic ever since. But that was pretty easy to identify. And I think within service businesses in particular, where, you know, you're, you are the deliverable a lot of times, you know, understanding where you can kind of draw the line and have somebody else jump in and, and do a particular part of delivering the service, it can be really difficult to, to make that distinction. You know, it's, I think it's very, very difficult until you're extremely clear about how you do things and your process. I think it's very difficult to, you know, to be able to delegate. And if you don't clearly understand something, you can't delegate it. And I think that that's where a lot of professionals, I think, fall into a trap in this because you think, well, this part of it is that's the art, you know, like in, in any professional service, there's the, you know, the science of doing it. And then there's the art of doing it and the science of doing it's really easy to document and hear the steps and here's what we do. But then there's that art, there's that experience level, there's the, the interpretation that you put into it. And I, you know, I've been really kind of grappling with how do you decide where the line is and how, how can how can that be done where I'm drawing the smallest possible circle around myself in terms of what I, at the end of the day, you know, when I'm done with this, you know, process, this transformation of the business, how do I draw the smallest possible circle around me and get team members who can work with me? to take on the rest of this. And ideally team members who are uniquely skilled at those other areas where I'm, you know, if we're honest, I'm probably not the best person at doing that particular thing, but it's so integral to the art of, you know, doing what we do that sometimes it's hard to, you know, think about how we separate that out. And so years ago, I read the book out of chaos, which is uh, written by Deming and, and uh, Deming was the guy that basically took Japan after World War II and gave them process so that they could create, you know, increasingly higher quality products and have systems for doing that and, and create a lot of reliability in their businesses. He was very successful at that. He's got this saying that, and I'm going to butcher it, but the essence of it is if you can't describe the work you're doing as a process, then you don't understand the work that you're doing. And so I had that quote in my mind as I started to think about this challenge of how do we look at the art part of practicing any profession and break that down into something as discrete as a process. And rather than saying, oh, well, that's just not possible, um, I kind of took the approach of, well, it's possible. And the key is just to think a little more deeply about the art piece of it. You know, because art can be taught. Now, brilliant art takes time, but competent art can be taught. So I started by really beginning to think through and break down our process. Doing that, I think, is easier said than done. You know, I, I think a lot of times when you get good at practicing your profession, you become so unconsciously competent at it that it becomes difficult to now describe to someone else because you don't know all of the little things that you're doing. You've forgotten a lot of them along the way, you know, and so that can be, I think, really challenging, but I think it's worth doing. So the way that I've approached this is, is I've started with the overall process and I've, I've actually started with almost reimagining how we 
present the company um, because it allows me to to begin to break down the different things that we do and compartmentalize things and turn them into distinct processes. Uh, for me, that was a a real shift in the way I thought about it. You know, I used to like to think that everything we did went together and it all fit together. And, you know, we, we have these two approaches. We, we help people with podcasts and books and, and they actually complement each other as tools, which is why we use them both. But a lot of times it was difficult to communicate why we did that internally. It's sometimes been a challenge to, you know, separate those processes out. Well, once I began, you know, once I made the decision that, okay, we're going to start dealing with these things as separate things then it became a little bit easier to kind of jump in and you know and start to break these things down and so the the first kind of overall process that i looked at was our book process what we now call the magnetic author program we used to call it the referable book program but we've rebranded it you know and really thinking about what's the big picture process that we take clients through there and so i think that's the way to think about this is look at your own service and think about okay what's the What's the big picture experience and result that we're trying to create? And then what are the, you know, four or five or six or maybe seven uh, steps? And we ended up with seven in our process. You know, what are the, the small number of big steps that it takes to deliver that? And kind of begin there because that's the roadmap then for breaking everything else down and systematizing the rest of the delivery of, of that process. And I think that's really the right way to, to go about this. Having tried to develop systems, and actually we've written a lot of systems and SOPs in the past, you know, but we've we've always kind of done it bottom up where, okay, here's the process, it's being worked on and let's document it and, and now we've got it. But I actually have found tremendous utility in going the other way and starting at the top and saying, all right, let's make sure that we're engineering the right process to begin with. Let's start with the vision of the experience that we want to create for our clients and the result that we want to create for them. Now let's reverse engineer the result and the experience in the higher level process. And then from there, that's going to tell us what do we need to break down and you know what are the supporting standard operating procedures that need to be put into place to make that happen. So there's a little bit of a shift in the way that we'd approached it in the past. And I honestly, you know, having observed a lot of companies that have tried to do, you know, build the SOPs and become more systematic, um, I've seen a lot of people take that bottom-up approach. Um, and I, you know, as I've reflected on it, I haven't seen that many of them be very successful with it. And I think because it it is disconnected from the bigger picture, the, the vision that, that you're really you know, what you're trying to accomplish in the business. Um, and so I, th I think that's really critical. So let me show you exactly what we did. So if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to, uh, we're going to cut to this. If you're listening on the podcast, you may want to go check out the YouTube video. Um, I'll also put an image of, uh, our process, what we came up with. We actually had a graphic designer kind of lay it out, you know, and I'll talk through it here. Um, so if you're listening on the podcast, you may want to go to, uh, the, the website, uh, it'll be linked up in the show notes, um, where to go and get this and, and look at the diagram and, uh, you know, on YouTube, let's go ahead and cut to that. So this is the, the diagram that we put together and, you know, we, we spent a fair amount of time really trying to break down and describe the key parts of, of the system. And, 
you know, we didn't actually start off with these seven. We had different things in here. We ended up with about 10 or 11 to begin with. And, and we were able to break it down and simplify it uh, to this level, but also have it be descriptive. And so what this allows me to do now, now that we've gone through this thinking, now I can go to the team and say, okay, so for, you know, stage one, the vision session, you know, let's break that down. What are the key components of that? For the audience audit, what are the key components of that? And, you know, and really walking all the way through the seven stages that are outlined here, I've now got a roadmap for systematizing the delivery of one of the two main services that we provide. And where we've got this fairly well systematized already is really as you get around to, you know, four and five, that's where I've already got team involved and have. Where we haven't so much had the team involved is in two and three, six and seven, where that's been more of the art, where I've been doing strategy and things like that. Well, one of the things that I'm beginning to understand as I'm thinking about this in terms of how do I describe it as a process is really thinking about those interactions and what do I do consistently? Particularly, what do I do consistently that produces a good result? That's really, I think, the better question to ask. You know, and being mindful and aware of that and starting to document that. And that may not be so much of a step-by-step process. There'll be a process to execute it, but there'll also be, I, I think, what we'll end up with are a set of kind of decision guidelines that will describe what the typical decisions are as you're going through these processes and how to guide those decisions towards the proper outcome without knowing what the inputs are, you know? And so I think guidelines is the right way to think about them. It's not a checklist. You know, a lot of people want to boil everything down into an SOP that's, that's a checklist, but oftentimes work is, is a little more complex than that. So can we describe the process and the steps and the flow? Yes, absolutely. But along the way at each stage, that needs to be now broken down into what's the thinking process. So what are the the key considerations that you're looking for? And then based on what information comes in, what are the guidelines for making the decision? And that's not something that will get built overnight. Um, In fact, what I'm finding is that more and more and more after, you know, as I'll do, you know, an audience audit or I'll go through the persuasion planner with a client, at the end of that, I'll stop and I'll record a Loom video. And in that Loom video, I'm, I'm describing, so here are the steps I went through. Here's the thinking process that took place. And here is the data that came in and here's how I'm thinking about it. And so what we're, I think we're going to end up with is actually a, a really great training program for getting other talented people to come in and be able to do this and probably be able to take what I, what I end up with here and innovate on it even further because they've got that basis of understanding, you know, where the rails are and having that little bit of structure to it, I think will make it easy for somebody to come in and then take it to the next level. And so, so this is really, to me, this is the first step in getting the whole thing, the whole business systematized is getting the vision for what our overall process is for delivering value. And then from there, we're, you know, break each one down as far as it needs to be broken down, but not any further than that, because you can go crazy, 
You know, you can have these procedures that are really long. And that's one of the things that we've really avoided. I think we've done a good job of avoiding it is really kind of work at the checklist level to begin with. You know, work at that that higher level of what are the, you know, five or seven or, or eight key steps to get something done. And sure, there might be more detail from there, but we'll add that only as needed. Because, you know, honestly, some steps are self-evident to people who are on the team. So, you know, really allowing us just to get to that, that deep enough level so that we create consistency and so that we can bring someone else in, you know, and, and they'll know what the steps are. We're not having to start training from scratch. So that's been hugely helpful. Um, just getting to this point, now we know, again, how to, how to break everything down. Um, without this kind of clear vision, it's virtually impossible to delegate anything because, you know, the people that you're working with, that you bring into your team, aren't able to read your mind. You know, it, it's interesting, be, just in observing myself through all of this, that thoughts I've had about how to approach something that I've maybe, you know, thought about for months and maybe years, um, in many cases are brand new to the person that I'm delegating this to, because they may have never heard me articulate that particular thought or that particular approach. You know, they've seen me do something, but they never knew what was there, you know, underneath the surface that was actually happening. It's forced me to get really clear about how I'm, I'm executing things and making decisions so that I can hand that off to somebody. And uh, it's actually helped me communicate more clearly and more carefully um, just going through this thinking process. So, you know, but if you're if you're trying to make this transition that, I, you know, that I'm talking about in this series, which is to really free yourself up while growing the business to create more time and more money at the same time. And most people in business, let's be honest, most people never do that. You know, the way that they create more money is they work a heck of a lot harder. But you get to a point where that no longer works, which is why most businesses stall, honestly. You know, only about 4% of businesses make it over the million dollar a year mark. Only 4%. I believe the reason that most don't make it is that most entrepreneurs aren't doing the kind of clear thinking they need to do to be able to hand off what's in their head to the people on their team. If that's the way that you want to build a business, there's nothing wrong with that. But most entrepreneurs will tell you they got into business because they didn't want to be the number one employee in the business because they wanted to create a business that was going to create wealth for them and give them freedom to do what they want when, when they wanted to do it. And so that's really what we're in pursuit of in this series. So I, I hope this has been helpful, at least giving you an insight into how I'm approaching this and thinking about it. Um, I hope that uh, you know, it gives you some things to think about. And I'd love to hear about your results or your take on it. If you've got a different approach that's worked, definitely, you know, let me know. I, I think uh, I think that'd be really fantastic. Um, but anyway, in the next part of this, we're going to talk about people um, because you can have all the systems in the world, but if you don't have people, then you got nobody to operate the systems. And so um, I'm going to talk about some of the hiring that we've been doing and um, how we're, you know, building the team and how I'm thinking about building the team long-term and what we're getting ready for. So uh, anyway, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.